Psalm 91 makes very big promises of God's tender care over your life. You will be released from the fowler's snare. No pestilence, no disease, no death, no destruction will come near you. Oh, it will come to ten thousands on your right side and many on your left, but you will only observe with your eyes. Why? Because God has taken a personal interest in your well-being. He will watch over you like a mother bird, uh, keeping you safe under his soft pinion uh, feathers. Don't like that imagery? Okay, how about a warrior then? With a, a buckler. You know what a buckler shield is? I didn't either. It's a small little shield that you use for hand-to-hand -hand combat. Your God is going to fight hand-to-hand -hand for you. And if he needs a little help from his angels, yes, he will command his angels concerning you so that when you're walking, if you should happen to trip and fall, oh, the angels are right there to catch you. Why, even the, the dangerous and... and the deadly forces in this world, uh, like lions and scorpions and venomous snakes, you will simply tread on the top of them unharmed. Big promises, right? And you heard how God has your hair numbered and he's watching over you. My question that I have as I come to this text is that, is it to be taken literally? I'm not asking if it's true or not. Of course, it's true. We always come to the scriptures with the heart and mind that, of, yes, this is true. But it's a different question to ask, is it to be taken literally? Is this the promise that God has for you each and every moment of your life? And if so, then shall we just go to the Cedric County Zoo and hop into the lion's uh, exhibit? How will that go for us? Or maybe while we're leaving the lion exhibit, maybe we're going to stop by the, the river otters. And, you know, close by is the, the rattlesnake aquariums that they have there. Maybe the, the keeper would let you sneak in and just uh, grab one of the rattlesnakes and play with that for a while. Or maybe, no, that's not your style at all. Maybe you'd rather just go to St. Francis Hospital to the infectious wing, uh, the floor, and, and there, ungowned, unmasked, ungloved, give out hugs are you up for that? You see what I'm saying about taking things literally? Okay, I mean, is Psalm 91 something that you can put into practice here and now? And I don't think anyone's real anxious to be doing anything we just mentioned here, and yet God has said, I will deliver him. Well, we're not the first people to throw into the face of God these questions. Is it something that I can count on right now. See, this is more than just an idle question, just more than a, a curiosity as one reads the scripture. We find ourselves in those moments of terrible desperation when we really need God to be folding us under his wings and bringing us close to his pinion feathers. When we really need him to be fighting with a, a buckler shield for us in hand-to-hand -hand combat, or at least send an angel, to carry us safely, we need to know without a doubt that this is available for us here and now. 
You know, we're not the first people to question Jesus about all of this, and not the first to even throw it in his face. Do you remember the first to do this to Jesus? It was before he had even done one miracle. These words of Psalm 91 were quoted into his face. It was immediately after his baptism in the Jordan River by John, as Jesus made his way into the wilderness, and there he fasted for 40 days. And it was Satan who challenged him with these words to, let's go up to the top of the temple. Let's have you jump off, for does it not say in the Psalms that he will command his angels concerning you to carry you safely, lest you dash your foot against the rock? Well, you remember what Jesus did, right? He just climbed right up to the top of the temple, and he jumped, right? And he's, he just floated down like a feather, safe. Remember? Of course you don't, because it didn't happen. No, what, what did Jesus say to Satan? Satan's quoting scripture, this very Psalm 91. He quotes a scripture, but from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. And that's a very different part of the Old Testament. Those are the books of Moses. Those are the books where describing how God has, you know, literally been the fortress, literally been hand-to-hand combat, parting the Red Seas. And now, after 40 years in the deserts of feeding and caring for his people, Moses stands before them, reminding them again, this second generation, who they are and whose God they have. And But then he reminds them, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And so Jesus takes those words to Satan. This this is not the moment. This is not the time. This is not how these words are literally to be taken. So it leaves us still with the question, then, how are we to take these great promises? And not just from Psalm 91, but all of the Psalms, all of the Old and New Testament, even the very words we heard from Jesus of God's care. How are we to take them? What is the the sign and the evidence that we need that when we are in the pinch of life and we need God there, we can know that is it, it is true because of this that I'm I'm trusting it. Well, I would invite you to go to the cross, but not to the very moment you might be thinking about. I, I want you to think about the moment of the cross after Jesus has already died. And the soldiers come to break the legs of all who've been crucified that day because, well, that's how you hasten death and they need to get them off the crosses. But when they come to Jesus, uh, he's already dead. They check it with the spear and yep, he's dead. It fulfills the promises of God's care that they did not break his legs, right? And they, they quote scripture, it's Psalm 34. Uh, they, not one of his bones shall be broken. And you might be thinking, well, that's a little too little, a little too late, right? I mean, how about in the garden when Jesus is praying, Father, is there any other way? I mean, he's in the pinch. He's calling out to his Father, I need help now. Can I, can I count on you literally? Can you, are you there for me? Then we hear Jesus crying out on that cross of God's absence. Is this really the place to be looking for God's evidence of proof that he will keep his promises 
that we will be just fine, that all things are working for our eternal good. Is this the place of the cross? Because when we look at it, it looks very much like Jesus has been caught in the fowler's snare. Foul birds are caught in a, in a net so that they might be eaten. Yeah, God notices when a feral falls and then we eat it. And, and the arrows that fly by day, while they were not arrows, they were certainly pieces of metal that have pierced through his hands and his feet, his side. And the pestilence that stalks at noonday. Jesus was on the cross at noon and death. And there he did not watch to his right and left the ten thousands die while he is kept safe. But he pays the recompense of the wicked. Recompense, what's that? That means you get what you deserve, kind of a punishment. You get what's coming to you. Jesus paid what's coming to us on the cross. So when we look at the cross, it looks like the very opposite of Psalm 91 or any of the promises of God's care being fulfilled. And yet, if you keep listening to the psalm, there you will hear it. But the psalm goes on to write, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. In love for his father, Jesus endured all things when he was in the pinch of life and he needed deliverance, when he truly needed the angels to come and hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, shield time, and when he needed, when he needed his father. Here he comes. I will deliver him. See, without Easter morning resurrection, Psalm 91 is evidence for the exact opposite of God's care. But with the resurrection, here we find that God indeed keeps his promises. For he says, I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls, I will answer. That's what the definition of love is, that you're there for me. That when I call, you answer. That I matter to you. God's love and his care is demonstrated here in the resurrection of Jesus. His love and his care is demonstrated for us in his death. For you and I now have a God who will keep his promises, for he has fought hand to hand with his buckler. He has delivered us from the pestilence. He has, in fact, delivered us from sin, death, and the devil. So that with long life, how about eternal life? satisfy him and show him my salvation. So how then do you take this in a practical way into your day-to-day -day life with God? Because we know that not every time that you're in a difficult way and you cry out that help comes. How do you take these words and know that they are true each and every day of your life? Well, I have at least one way for you to consider. And that I used to be a very much more fearful, fearful person, especially for my family. You know, when we leave the house, you know, they're going to be okay when they're driving. So I'd be like, Lord, watch over them, you know. And, and in the, you know how they always come out with the statistics of the highways on holidays? Like, 
you know, so many people are going to die on Memorial Weekend. You know, so many people are going to die on Fourth of July. So many people are going to die. On... It's like, oh, man, it's like, Lord, help. You know, and, and then and then when they get back in the door, you know, it's like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And so that was just kind of my normal practice of life. But, but when, when the practical words of Psalms and the promises of God's care, when I really was worked over by the Holy Spirit in growing in faith and understanding, it's like, wait a minute, we're asking our God and Father. When we call to Him, He answers. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a cross. That doesn't mean that there isn't suffering and loss. But it also doesn't mean that he knows our name and, and, and that he, he will satisfy us. It may not be in this moment, but it may be coming. See, most of the time, the answer is yes. I have you under my pinion feathers and you're safe. But sometimes it's not. You know, a couple, a couple of months ago, Got into that car wreck myself. I'm okay, but the car wasn't, you know, and the insurance still fighting about it. Okay, okay, fine. In those moments, God has decided in his wisdom that this is how it will play out in my answer to your prayer. But all things are eventually working for our eternal good, and we know it. We can trust it. It's a sure foundation because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Anything that has been taken in God's time will be returned. And so the Psalms and the promises, we keep reading them. We keep, we keep trusting our God in his word because of Jesus. Amen.